Welcome to Good Returns TV. It's a great pleasure we have Adrian Orr from the Reserve Bank in the studio. Adrian's talking about the latest uh, official cash rate announcement where they cut the interest rate for the first time in a long, long time. And he talks about uh, the housing market and what he'd like to see happen there too. Thank you for coming in, Adrian. It's, oh, it's a pleasure. Great to have you here. Tell me, the OCR decision which you made this week, how hard was it to come up with the, the, for the committee to make the cut decision? Yeah, I, I have to say it was fun because it was the first time uh, in the monetary policy that we've done it through this new committee structure. Mm. And um, uh, dare I say it, you know, a, a problem shared is a problem halved. And so uh, we worked <laughs> very... A bit more than that, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, people, yeah, by, by yeah, one-sixth. Yeah. Um, so there were six of us together, mm. two uh, people from outside of the bank, four internals. Uh, we spent the week doing what we traditionally do, which mm. is about getting a fix on where the economy is, um, where we are on inflation and employment relative to our targets, and then uh, spent a lot of time uh, building up a, a projection for the economy uh, under the assumption, well, if interest rates remained where they are, would we achieve the targets at a reasonable time? And so what, you know, our, our analysis came out uh, collectively that lower interest rates were needed for mm. us to be most certain of getting inflation back to the midpoint, 2%, keeping employment around its maximum sustainable level. And mm. so the decision itself, once you know, you've spent a week thinking about the economy, the decision itself um, became quite straightforward. And really it was a unanimous decision. Unanimous, um, uh, plenty of debate around, around what could happen in the economy. Mm. When you're forecasting, um, you know, there's the starting point uncertainty, where are we actually at? Mm. There is how does the economy work discussions. Mm. And then, of course, there is what could possibly happen next mm. discussions. And so lots of robust debate. Once we had it centred on, on a, a track, the decision was now mm. or later and now seemed the better thing to do. Now seemed the better thing to do. You get quite a lot of criticism for it. I see people saying, you know, you didn't need to cut and, 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 yeah. and, and what's your, your view on that? Well, the wonderful thing with monetary policy is the amount of free and unsolicited advice that we <laughs> receive um, all of the time. So, um, you know, there's been people who said there's upside risks, there's people who are saying there's downside risks. Uh, we take all information on board and at the end of the day, a decision has to be made. Mm. So uh, we believe that inflation under the 2% midpoint, 1.5%, uh, and it has been there persistently, mm. that we had more room um, to stimulate the economy, particularly with the subdued growth rates we've seen uh, globally and in New Zealand over the last nine months or so. Yeah, How, how low can you go with the the cash rate? Well, you know, a nominal rate stops at zero, yes. um, but you can actually have negative interest rates, mm. um, and many countries around the world have oh, been doing that, seen that for quite a while, yeah. um, and that's become, you know, quite normal, not, not extreme mm. uh, around the world. Uh, you can also do things other than using the interest rate mm. to stimulate the economy. Well, you talked about that this week in, 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 yeah. in the announcement in the press. And, and I just want to say that's no prediction of ever having to use those, mm. by the way. I mean, it's kind of an interesting topic because we are now at low levels of interest. Do, do, do you have to start that discussion now to sort of engage people so if you actually, actually got to that stage that understand it? Uh, I never uh, hope to try and uh, enable people to understand this stuff. Um, it's kind of like me trying to understand how a car works. So I'm just confident that I can drive one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, we ourselves at the bank have to be make sure that we are ready for all possible mm -hmm, outcomes. Mm -hmm. A lot of the extreme work is more around crisis management mm. rather than just traditional cyclical monetary policy yeah. management. And it's better to have all your practices and all your systems and tools in place ahead of a crisis rather than building them during a crisis, mm -hmm. which was in part what happened during the GFC. Yeah, and, and so, uh, you know, if, if we did get a crisis, we've still got room to move? 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I yeah. mean, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, there's, uh, what's the analogy, helicopter dropping money? I mean, we don't expect to be doing that, but there is the interest rate mm. channel, as I mentioned, mm. um, negative to a point. They're uh, buying assets directly, mm -hmm. um, which many central banks, including us, did during the GFC. Mm. People say, oh, the banking system sailed through. No, it didn't. It had a government guarantee and the Reserve Bank purchased enormous amounts of assets off the bank balance sheets. So we took their mortgage, uh, mortgages they were holding and gave them cash for it to keep them liquid and going. Um, and there are other ways as well around, um, around direct intervention into, into the market. At that point, during crisis, the difference between monetary policy and fiscal policy gets blurred. Yeah. Because what we're doing is using our balance sheet, the Reserve Bank's mm. balance sheet, which at the end of the day is the people's balance sheet, mm. to buy assets to keep it going. Mm. At that point, it's, it's almost fiscal. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, we've got to make sure that number one, the terrorists, the Treasury, mm. and number two, the Reserve Bank work hand in hand and understand what, what it all implies. Mm. And there's been talk of um, what a cut might do for the property market and property investors. What's your take on that? Do you think it will fuel the market? Uh, in part, I kind of hope it does, but I don't, I don't actually, um, you know, our projections are that the property market remains incredibly subdued. Mm -hmm. You know, our forecasts are, are based on very low uh, house price growth, uh, positive still, but, um, you know, in, in the 1% to 2% range mm -hmm. over the projection horizon. Yeah. And a lot of that is becoming because of the starting point of house prices, mm -hmm. uh, the level of household debt, mm -hmm. uh, being very high, net immigration having slowed a lot, the pressure coming off, new building coming on, mm. uh, and then a lot of the bright line tests for investors. You know, the investors have got a bit spooked. I mean, capital gains is off the table, but many other factors are still on the table. Yeah, they don't seem too worried about the bright line test, but um, they're pretty happy. I think that the capital gains tax has, has disappeared. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's um, you know, the the housing market cycle seems to have you know run its course. We've mm. still got our loan to value ratios on. Mm -hmm. um, we want people to spend mm. and invest. Uh, it doesn't always have to be in housing. It's funny the New Zealand site goes. So you want us to invest in housing? No, I don't. Mm -hmm. I want you to consume. I want you to invest in real productive activity. Mm. Um, yeah. In the world. Do, do you see any time in the near future where the LVR restrictions might be eased? Uh, absolutely. Mm. You know, we, we made a comment um, uh, last time we eased them, which mm. was uh, only earlier this year. Um, uh, we said, uh, was it late last year? But, um, there was <coughs> Yeah, uh, that, you know, we, we would like to be heading back towards a more neutral path mm. because we've, you know, so I think we've eased them twice since, since we put them yes. on. Um, and they've been very effective, and that is aimed at the very high leverage end of the housing market. Mm. You know, we just we don't see uh, value in having extreme levels of leverage in the housing market. Um, so, uh, over time, as those pockets of extreme ease, which they yeah. are, um, mm. you know, we get into a position where we can start um, reducing the LVR. Yeah. But yeah, we um, we'll talk about that our decision uh, at the forthcoming financial stability report, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that'll be something we review every six months. So that's when we're next likely to hear about LVRs. Yeah, and that's the end of this month. We're, yeah. we're you know brewing mm. the tea leaves on that at the moment. Um, but uh, we will do so every six months. Yeah, and and with the cut this week, you know the savers aren't that happy. Um, w w what's the, the advice to them? 
Uh, yeah, well, I agree. I mean, the uh, monetary policy always has a relative impact. Mm, mm. You know, it's either debtors versus savers. Yep. And the idea is lower interest rates mean that you would be incentivised to save less, spend more, mm -hmm. and vice versa. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's a large part. Uh, for savers, I would always say, think hard about your form of saving. Mm. Because people think that just money sitting in the bank is saving. Yes, it is, but it's only one form. Mm. And often, it's not even a form that in real terms you, you are getting ahead. Well, so, I'd, I'd say that it's basically a, a zero percent, zero percent return after tax and, and inflation at the moment, and it's uh, uh, quite often about that. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, so nominal interest rates really only reflect the CPI inflation. Yeah. They happen to be low, um, even if you went back to you know the high yeah. rates when yeah. you and I were teenagers of twenty one percent. That was because inflation was at mm. twenty three. Mm -hmm. So it's about it's about what are you doing with your savings? Because savings are investment, mm -hmm. and so are you investing? Um, to suit your purpose through life, I agree. Some people will always need returns for an income, mm -hmm. um, so you need those kind of interest mm -hmm. levels, but likewise growth, you know, more into equity, direct investment. So, so they should be thinking about other asset classes maybe? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. They should always be. Yeah. New Zealand yeah. are terrible savers. We, we save in one form, which is leverage and equity in the housing market. More recently, we've been kind of... Uh, semi-coerced into having KiwiSaver funds yeah, and um, yeah. and now, you know, so we're starting to see that shift starting into to see that shift. proper assets. Yeah. So you think that shift assets. is happening quick enough? Uh, oh, I, I, you know, I, I'm very impressed um, how quickly it is happening mm -hmm. uh, because you, well, I think we've now got 40, 50 billion dollars in, 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 in those type of savings. Yeah. Uh, I'm not as impressed of, of um, how uh, effective those savings are being utilised. You know, mm. There's a lot of passive, simple global There's not a lot going into the New Zealand economy. Uh, yeah, so you know, it's about deepening our capital markets, mm. providing opportunities for investors to be able to plug and play mm. in asset classes yeah. here in New Zealand. Mm. Mm. And that, you know, that was my continuous challenge at the NZ Superfund. Mm. Where, if you gave me hundred dollars, where could I allocate it yeah. in New Zealand? Yeah. And so we need to create those opportunities. Mm. Yep, and and just of course, uh, can't go, can't ignore um, the capital proposals you got out there well, for the bank. I hope banks. you don't. Yeah. No, no, uh, had any submissions yet? From the big we've, banks? We've had 87 submissions mm -hmm. uh, uh, as of today, mm -hmm. uh, one from a bank as of yesterday. And so um, we've had certain lots of uh, exclamations um, mm -hmm. public around what it could or couldn't do. We're open-minded, we're waiting for the banks to provide the data that we need to complete our, our work. Mm. Um, and we'll complete it in a way that everyone sees the process. Yeah. So how much influence can they have on the actual decision? Uh, uh, a, a lot of influence. You know, if they came out, come out with facts or figures or things that we have just missed, mm -hmm. then we need to take that on board. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to have the understanding. But the decision at the end of the day sits uh, with the Reserve Bank. But you have said it's a, a, you are genuinely consulting on it. It's Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I've also you're, you're noticed a very high level of, um, of uh, scepticism as whether that is the case. So, yeah. I, you know. But you I, can give them an undertaking that, that well, I have is done. genuine. Well, I have yeah. done continuously. Yeah. 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 So yeah. it's, um, you know. Uh, what we've had so far, though, is, you know, I use the phrase taiha waving around the place. I'm still waiting for, you know, so it's been threats of um, exiting some parts of, of lending. Um, uh, you know, I, I've called them out on that because I don't want banks to use a possible capital raise sometime in the future, five, mm. ten years on, yeah. uh, as an excuse for, well, as being used as the reason for them wanting to exit some businesses. Yes, yeah, yeah, so it's keeping them honest.
That's right. Yeah. That's right. They, right. you know, they they lent. Mm. The positions are where they are. Mm. We didn't borrow it. Someone else borrowed it. Yep. They need to work through that. Oh, themselves. Oh, so it's going to be interesting. So I think next week is the uh, deadline for submissions. Yes, yes uh, 17. Yeah. 17 it closes. Yeah. Uh, soon, probably in the month of June, we'll, we'll publish uh, the kind of key themes we've found yeah. in that and the areas we'll be working on and then we'll be working um, hand in hand with the various parties who have, you know, we need to follow up on information, etc. Yeah. Um, we'll be using global third party international experts to assist. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very confident with the process. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see what comes out of it. Right. So that's the end of our first interview with Adrian Orr. We have another piece coming up, which is where Adrian talks about uh, life insurance and life insurance conduct and where he sees the industry and some of the changes which he'd like to see happen. In the second interview with Adrian Orr from the Reserve Bank, we talk about life insurance conduct and, and commissions and some of the things that he'd like to see happen in the industry. I'd quite like to just switch now a totally different topic to life insurance and yep. the conduct review which you did earlier this year. It's interesting, it seems to me, you know, this conduct thing has sort of become a bit of a fad. It suddenly, it, it, it just has suddenly appeared out of nearly nowhere and, and we're hearing about it all the time. Is that a right interpretation? Uh, I think it's correct in terms of if you've been looking at headlines, um, yeah. you know, suddenly uh, culture and conduct. Mm. Mm. Um, but uh, wrong if you think about how we as consumers have confidence and faith in mm. that what we are being delivered is what was on the packet. Mm -hmm. So, so that, that culture and conduct um, is a key critical part to having trust in the capitalist system. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the way it's embedded is really through the roles of the boards and senior managements mm -hmm. of institutions. And that's why we put a lot of emphasis on, on um, self-discipline, that mm. the companies themselves, the banks, the insurance companies, have the disciplines, have the, the culture that is necessary to take money, mm -hmm. someone's money, and to put it into uh, long tail agreements, mm -hmm. which are very complex. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, try and drive the snake oil out of it and make sure that what you see is there. Culture. Is there a lot of snake oil in it, though? Uh, well, with the insurance, uh, uh, life insurance area, I mean, the banking, we didn't find a, any real sense of widespread misconduct. Mm -hmm. We did find uh, a, ver a, a real lack of systems in, in the way of being proactive and making sure that the products mm. and what they're doing mm. are what was written yeah. on the packet yeah. and that their staff are incentivized to be selling the right thing to the right people. Mm. Uh, very, you know, it was very reactive and piecemeal. For the insurance companies, the life insurance, it was even, it was, uh, it was worse. Mm -hmm. um, that the whole concept of, of, um, of frameworks, measures, activities for understanding what a, an appropriate uh, conduct behaviour was, were absent, yeah. largely. Is that partly because it's a lot of the life insurance is sold through third party distribution? It's a big part of the problem, mm -hmm. or challenge I would say, uh, And um, but you know, you can, what do you say, you can, you can outsource uh, the activity, you can't outsource the responsibility. Mm -hmm. And this has been a, a gap, the way that a lot of the third parties have been incentivised is through the volume of sales, the churn, mm -hmm. not through the outcome for the customer through their lifetime. See, but then I think the advisors would disagree with you in the sense that they, you know, they are trying to build a customer base of long-term customers, which they're going to look after through the process. So they're not going to go out there and, and you know, not look after their best interests. Well, so they can build customers, but yeah. if there's asymmetries of information, 
if there are new products coming in that may or may not be suited, mm. if your lifestyle is changing or your needs are changing through time, mm. how do you break down that asymmetry of information to say, is this the best product, is this the best mm. time, H how do you do this? And if, if people are being incentivized to sell the latest, greatest or different, mm. and aside, you can have the same customer, but you could have changed their product many, many times yeah. through their life. Yeah. So you've talked about you know um, longer term thinking and societal changes and the way uh, things like life insurance are distributed. Do you, do you have any ideas of what it could look like? Uh, I mean, I think it's, it's, it is a conversation that's happening globally. Mm. Uh, New Zealand is awakening to it slowly, mm -hmm. very similar to the environment um, challenge that we've had, the, the climate change challenge. We, we tend to interview each other. Mm. We don't tend to look outside of our little small world mm. that often. Globally, uh, particularly post the GFC, um, there's a fundamental challenge to what I would say capitalism's um, kind of traditional behaviour. Mm -hmm. When you think about capitalism, uh, uh, you know I'm a, I'm a huge fan of it, mm -hmm. um, totally dedicated, but it will fail at times, and often it fails through a series of incentive structures that, that end up um, defeating itself. A lot of that is, for example, if I have a 30-year strategic plan mm -hmm. to build an amazing sustainable company, mm -hmm. I have to provide a five-year strategic plan to start implementing it. I have to provide an annual update to mm -hmm. show where it's going. I have to do the quarter reporting, then I have to do real-time disclosure. Mm -hmm. I'm looking here, mm. and I've been driven there by a series of well-meaning interventions all the way through to the point where I'm here. Economic growth is sustainable when it's consistent with, mm. with cultural inclusion, when it's with environmental sustainability. Mm. It's not economic growth at the cost of, yes. and it's about getting those virtuous circles going, and it's simply about thinking the horizon. Yeah, and so just not enough of that has been going on? I'd say very little. It's it's yeah. this against versus that. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, what is it? Why, why are diamonds expensive and water is free was yeah. the, used to be the test. Mm. And it was meant to be, well, diamonds are scarce and water is plentiful. Mm. No, you know, diamonds are controlled by a cartel and water never had property rights. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's... The questions are the same, the answers change. Yeah. The, uh, when it comes to, and you touched on it, you know, commissions and stuff like that, do, do, do you think, you know, you haven't been supportive of upfront commissions, I, th I think is, is correct interpretation from the conduct uh, That was one of the challenges, yeah. so, you know, again, a global challenge. But yeah, yep. glo yeah. So ha have you any idea of how you think that could change? Well, what we're hoping, well, what we are doing, not hoping to do, is, yeah. you know, we've got, we received the reports back mm. from the various insurance companies. Mm -hmm. uh, we're working through those at the moment. We did the banking first. And when I say we, us and the Financial Markets Authority, yep. and what we want to do is hear from them about how they can have better structures or more sustainable structures, because we want them to run the business. Mm -hmm. You know, we're so talking you don't about want to dictate to them how to market do. discipline, yeah. self-discipline, and then regulatory discipline. Mm -hmm. That's us. You know, that's the that's the, the third cousin and the weakest of all. Mm. If you get market and self-discipline done, so how can you be more transparent mm. to the public? How do you reduce the asymmetries of information? How do you make people think longer term mm. um, about what they actually do or don't need? Mm. How can you make it far simpler for people to understand what is the value of what you just bought? Yeah. The complexity of these products is immense. You know, to, to pretend that people read the background material, that mm. they understand the, the nesting of the different issues mm. uh, is, is wrong. We know we don't. It's a very difficult issue to break down for a consumer, though, isn't it? So how they do that's yeah. going to be their challenge. So, so and coming that's back not an excuse for not trying. I mean, uh, you know, a jar of peanut butter just used to say peanut butter on the front yeah. in the 1980s. Yeah. 
now we know on the back of the jar, no one was killed in the making. Mm. Um, there's certain allergies and what other sugars, fats and carbos went into it. Uh, uh, all those sorts of things are in there. You said the, the weakest part was, was the regulation, I guess, around the conduct. Where should that sit? Uh, I, I mean weakest in terms of its influence because mm. if you have to just put and make people do things, well then that ends up with corner solutions, mm. you know, quantity targeting, quality targeting. Yeah, what, what, you know, it's why do you have to play as if it's a kindergarten ground and, mm. and kids can only do something in the sandpit? Mm. So I meant weakest in that way. Mm -hmm. I don't mean it's it is, is powerful. We're busy at the moment thinking very hard on the background of this about how to bolster our people on the ground mm. um, and how to do activities. Yeah. By the way, you know, um, CBL, you know, yes. collapsed. So, so, you know, well, um, uh, how much abuse did we take through that process? Quite a bit. And, and how much... Um, oh well, I didn't really all that was happening mm. in the background have we heard since mm. none mm. and so you know the, the, you never get applause from the regulator mm. you get what are you doing in my face and then why didn't you do more mm -mm. so it's about trying to get that balance. Is it something which should sit with the Reserve Bank or should it sit somewhere else? Uh, you I'm different? very comfortable with the Reserve Bank mm. so um, I think uh, the banking, the insurance, uh, New Zealand small economy um, We've got the economies of scale and scope from the, the Reserve Bank mm. um, trying to recreate something mm. else somewhere. Uh, we see all of the daily transactions happening between the banks. Mm. Uh, we see a lot of the insurance um, activity. Uh, it's critical to financial stability, which is our purview. So, mm. you know, so I'm, I'm very comfortable mm. with being there. Uh, I would prefer to have more resource. Yeah. So, so one of the things which sort of, you know, coming back to the start is this whole conduct thing has come up, you know, recently quickly I would have argued in New Zealand you know I'm interested you know the super fund you know it went and invested into a life insurance company you know I would have thought that sort of issues like that would have got picked up at that sort of stage. Uh, life insurance companies are great yeah there's no there's you know I, I, but it's the necessary yeah. right and I and I know that the NZ super fund has has uh, clear mandates around how they mm. want their firms to behave around mm. environmental, societal and governance mm -hmm. issues. Mm. And they have been at the forefront of New Zealand in trying to create and demand that the owners of the capital behave um, for, you know, that um, behave, well, that, that I should say the agents, the yeah. boards behave consistent. So, so an organisation like that, by, by investing into a, a life company, can help drive this cultural change? I hope so. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, I mean, that's, that's where change comes from. Intervention, mm. you know, being a shareholder brings responsibilities. Mm. And so, uh, and it also brings the ability to have influence. Mm. And so that is why the New Zealand Super Fund has been so active mm. in, in engaging mm. with companies where they see poor practice rather than just excluding and burying their heads in the sand. Mm. Mm. You know, it's better if you're inside mm. and you can influence. Yeah. There will be a certain point where you just say too hard mm. and, and you walk away. And, and life insurance companies must be a good investment, otherwise you wouldn't see people like the Superfund and, and, and others yeah. investing into, into the life sector. Well, you know, a, a real challenge is that some of them have been fantastic through time and, and one of my concerns around the climate change mm. uh, side there, for example, in the asymmetry of information mm. is, is how do we know if they're not making super profits and spooking us for the sake of it? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, how, how do we know these things? Mm. So whilst, camp, whilst insurance, absolutely they can say, all sea levels are rising, we're going to have to charge you more, or we won't insure this, or we'll do that and the other. Mm. Um, well, 
are they shifting their relative revenue streams or are they increasing one revenue stream? And so, so it's about getting that transparency out there. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and so people know more of what's going on. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and, and, and actually really understanding the process. In the report which you did with the FMA, you sort of called for urgent change in the life sector. Has it been moving quickly enough? Uh, yes. So yeah. we've got um, you know we've got a lot of conversations to have ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of this, you have to remember that, um, you know, we're so heavy Australian dominated mm. that our interviews with banks, the equivalent of that in Australia was a royal commission, mm. an upfront mm. um, blame storming period. Mm. We got there quick because we wanted to have a, a, a real conversation mm. to see what was under the hood, is this mm. necessary mm. or not. In mm. banking, we said there are lots of things you need to do better, and they understood. Mm. A lot of them had had the panhandle anyway in Australia. Um, uh, in insurance, there's a lot more work to be done. Yes, yeah, but they're making progress. Uh, I hope so. Yeah, and yeah. they've responded to the report, so we'll, we'll responding, responding. So, yeah. so no doubt we'll hear about it yeah, later. You yeah. will. You Excellent. Will. Look, thank you very much for your time. It's thank great you, that you came yeah. on. Yeah, and yeah, wonderful. wonderful. Nice to see you. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you.